Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Country Music Made Me. Thank you so much for joining us once again. As always, please be sure to like, share, follow, subscribe to us wherever you are listening. You can leave us a review, a rating, tell your friends, your family, your neighbors to come on over and have a listen. That support is huge. Today, we're joined by Ray Lynn. Now, she competed on season two of The Voice, and pretty much right after her time on the competition, she moved to Nashville to start writing, recording, touring. She started rubbing elbows with some of the biggest names in country music and really immersed herself in a career in country music right away. Now, during our conversation, we talked about that and if that affected her in the music she was making and the person she was because she was growing up in Nashville while this journey was taking place. We also had a chance to talk about her new album, Baytown, and the growth she has seen within her career since moving to Music City at the age of 18. So please enjoy our conversation with Ray Lynn. I wanted to talk about your youth, your parents divorcing. And during that time, was music sort of an escape for everyone in the family? Is that what music became for your family at all? Well, my whole family is is beyond musical. My um, my cousin is a really um, incredible Grammy nominated Christian artist, and his name is Leland. And um, and so we have a lot of different musical facets in our family. And um, but for me, yeah, I mean, music has always been the core of what has kind of connected our family. We all grew up singing in the church, and um, when I decided to start pursuing songwriting. Um, in a lot of ways, songwriting did save me. And I, uh, my parents got a divorce when I was three years old. So I think I didn't really, sometimes you process things as you get older and you re realize, okay, that moment in my life actually did kind of, you know, mess with me in some kind of what, in some ways. Right. And so when I got older, <clears throat> I didn't know how to portray a lot of the feelings that I had. And then, and then I really went to songwriting when I was like 16, 17. And, um, and one of the first songs I wrote and was love triangle at 17 years old. Yeah, exactly. And before we get to that within your family, I saw an interview you did a few years ago and they asked you if you had five minutes with someone, who would that be five more minutes with someone? And you said it would be your Mima. And I wanted to ask about her and what she meant for you growing up and, was she an inspiration musically or was it just more about the person you've become that she helped inspire? Well, the thing about the reason why I wanted, you know, five more minutes with her is I didn't get to really get to spend much time with her. She's like a ghost okay. that everybody talks about and they tell me tons of stories and how funny she was and how kind of haunted she was at the same time. And all these incredible traits that we all get from Meemaw, right? Or, or people like, and I always hear about them. And I being the youngest child, didn't get the experience that my other older siblings got. And um, the thing about uh, that they loved so much is they loved country music. My people listened to the Opry every single weekend. He wanted my aunt and my mom to be the Judds. He wanted them to be the, a duo, you know? And um, so for me, I know that they're just, you know, all happy in heaven thinking about me doing this career because this 
country music was their life. They loved country music. And so um, that's why I picked her. And so, and also my first record, Wild Horse, was titled after a poem. My meemaw wasn't a songwriter, but she was a poem writer. She wrote poems and they were beautiful. And she had a poem titled Wild Horse that oh, she wrote man. about my mom. And um, and so that's that's what inspired my first record. Wow, that's awesome. And your journey to Nashville, obviously inspired by your parents. Now, did you start making trips to Nashville right after graduating high school, even before you went on The Voice? So it's, honestly, I feel like a cat that's lived nine lives when it comes <laughs> to what I've decided to do in uh, the career that I've picked. But I graduated, like you said, at 16, graduated early top of my class, but don't ask me how many students were in the class. Okay. But um, anyways, I, I graduated at a very young age and I was talented in music, but I kind of was talented at a lot of different things. I love to dance. I love to act and I love to, to write songs, but writing songs was kind of at the bottom of the list because oh, okay. I really wanted to do acting. And so I um, asked my mom and dad if I could move to LA and I did this little competition in Vegas and I got offered a couple agents and uh, managers to manage me for acting. And so I followed that path for a little bit and I moved out to LA for a year okay. um, at 16. And when I was in LA, I realized quickly that that's a town that's hurry up and wait. And it's not an easy road by any means. Everybody there's trying to do the same thing. And I just had a lot of time on my hands because I was graduated. I mean, what do you do at 16 in L.A.? And so I just began to write. I began to write music. I began to learn how to play guitar better. I learned everything I know on YouTube. And um, and I started to dive in more. And that's when I was like, I want to go sing some songs out. Like, I want to do something out. And so I right. Googled some things online and I found that they were doing a little competition at some um coffee shop that if you and I mean back then I'm just like I would never do that today but I love <laughs> if you submit you sing you know two songs they can be original or they can be a cover and you win a free music video and I was like oh my gosh hell yeah I want a free music video are you kidding me I need a music video like this is what I need and right. so anyways I go to the I sign up I send them a video of me singing. They accept me. And then I go and I sing and I didn't win. This other woman won, but every day I would pray. I said, God, just let me meet somebody that's going to change my life today. Like I just want, I always woke up with the most positive attitude that today was going to be the day. And, um, when I was singing, this woman came up to me and she said, um, the original song you sang, I, I wrote a song called baby. That's my type. And um, she said, the original song you sang, I just think your talent is pretty incredible. I'd love to meet with you. And also, too, in L.A., like, you have people come up all the time like, oh, I want to produce you. It's going to be $20,000 a track. Like, all these <laughs> right. So I had some bimbos, like, tell me, you know, they wanted to work with me, but they weren't legit. But this this woman had a, I had a feeling she was legit. And so she gave me her card. I looked her up and she used to be the president of Warner Chapel Nashville. Oh, wow. Um, no, Warner Chapel uh, LA over oh, the creative okay. side. So not Nashville, LA. And so but she wasn't anymore, but she was just kind of developing songwriter. So me and my, me and my mom or dad, I don't remember which one was with me. We went to her house and she said, I really do think you have a gift. I would really love to mentor you. And so she started mentoring me in my songwriting and, um, and helping me get better. We did my first demo 
and um, of the song, Baby, That's My Type. It was a guitar vocal. And she sent it to some songwriters in Nashville. And she said, okay, Ray, I just want to let you know, probably I'm sending it to about 15 people. Probably two are going to want to write with you if that. Like, don't get your hopes up. We're just trying to test the waters out. I told him to give me feedback like you. And I'm always, I've been always open to feedback. Like I've never been somebody that thinks they have it all figured out. I still don't have it all figured out. <laughs> and so anyways, she sent the song out to 15 different publishers and songwriters and every single one of them wanted to write with me. Oh, really? Yes. And this was like Sarah Buxton, Brad Tercy, um, Nicole. There was a couple other um, April Jesbury, like other songwriters that are huge now or, or big artists now. And, um, and so that's when she was like, oh, crap, maybe this is something special. And she didn't tell me that they all wanted to write with me, which I'm thankful she didn't. Uh, <laughs> she didn't tell me this till later. And um, and so we planned a trip to go to Nashville. And my first meeting was with Beth Laird at VMI, which was so crazy. Um, and then I met with ASCAP and then I ended up going with ASCAP for I'm with VMI now, but I was with them for a while. Um, Leanne Phelan was my champion over there for a little bit and she started setting me up with songwriting sessions and I just started going through these doors and I didn't even live in uh, and live in Nashville at the time. I moved back to Texas after all of that happened with Judy. Um, and I started going back and forth to Nashville. And so I'll, I'll pause right there and then I can go further into it later, but yeah. So that's kind of how it started. That is awesome. And so from there, it led to the voice and you competed on the voice and uh, I'm sure lots of people know that story, but I wanted to talk about after that, because it was pretty darn quick that you were just thrown into the fire. Basically you moved to Nashville, you started writing, you started recording and you're recording with some pretty big names because on your debut EP, I believe it was Jimmy Robbins and Joey Moy that you were working with on that EP. And so during that time, did you know who you wanted to be as an artist or was it sort of everyone leading you towards what they thought you should be? I think it was a little mixture of both. I think I knew I wanted to, you know, say something differently than anybody has said it. I knew that there was something special in my voice. Sorry, my dog just literally came up here. Welcome oh. to Zoom. Um, no, I, I think it was honestly a little, a bit of both. I knew that my voice was unique and different. And I knew that I had something special to offer because on the voice, I realized that I didn't have the voice that everybody else had. That's one thing that I loved about that competition is it gave me confidence that I was a unique artist. But I didn't, I had so many songs that were so different, like Boyfriend and God Made Girls and so many songs that kind of took songwriting to a, that just came from a different perspective Right. that I didn't know that, um, I didn't realize that you had to write so many songs to, for me, I was like, oh, I write this song and it's going to be my record. Oh, I write right. this song, it's going to be my record. I didn't realize that there was actually a process of elimination and so many people had opinions about what you put out. And that part was kind of hard for me because I loved so many of these songs that I had written and I thought they were so real. And then, you know, some of them would make it, but then some of them wouldn't. And I was, and, and for me, I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'm a new artist in town. I want to listen, you know, I want to, like I said, I want to hear out 
what people say around me. And I, and I still believe in that. Like I believe that sometimes artists will be precious about songs. Like I know sometimes I'll love a song and it might not be what needs to go on a record, but that doesn't mean it's not good or not. I think yeah. that's what I'm kind of realizing now, but yeah, I mean, I, for me, every artist, I mean, every producer, every label has been a stepping stone for me becoming the woman and the artist I am today. And, um, and I'm thankful for that. I mean, I, I think about the things that, you know, I wouldn't say, or the things that I wouldn't stand for when I was younger. And now I will, because I've had confidence in this business and I have confidence in my fans and I have confidence in myself. Um, but I think it takes time for any artist to gain that confidence because it honestly just takes time in this business to find the confidence of like, no, this direction, the reason why you signed me is the reason what makes me special. And I think for a lot of artists, and I, and I know this firsthand, so I can say it, is we get signed because of something that makes us special, but then that's the reason, that's the thing that they change about us once we're signed. Right. And that, and that is a difficult thing, for sure. And on the personal side as well, when you're 18, 19, 20 in Nashville, you're all of a sudden thrown into it, you know, sort of be, because of Blake and Miranda, all of a sudden you're rubbing shoulders with all these amazing artists. You're going on tour with all these amazing artists. So what was that like as a younger person sort of growing up in that? Did you, was there times where you almost lost yourself because of all the attention that all of a sudden was being put on you? It was, it was a dream. Like I literally, when I talked to my husband about it or I talked to different people about my experience in town, I forget about all the incredible things that I've done because I mean, I went from watching all of these incredible artists on my, you know, CMT countdown, listening to their records. And now they, they know me, they, they follow me. They want me on their tours. Like I, I still, when I think about the favor that I believe that God put on my, my life since, you know, the voice, I can't think of just being more grateful and thankful. And I never, I will say, and when I being 18 and 19 and 20 and doing all those incredible things, even 21, the, all the amazing things that I've gotten to do, I never left that grateful standpoint. I always was just like, Holy crap. I can't believe that this is my life. Like, but I will say, I think when you're the, that age and People say, oh, you're going to get this song's going to go number one or you're going to get nominated for this or you're going to do this. I'm going to promise they promise you all these things. Right. Um, and you don't get those things. I think it's easy to get discouraged. And I, I think I did get some discouraged at sometimes. Um, but when I think back and I look now and I see this beautiful career that I've built, these incredible fans that have stuck with me over you know, the last almost 10 years and the brand that I have, you know, like the, a brand takes time, a foundation of a brand takes time. And my foundation has been built and you can't only thing that builds a foundation is time. And so that's when I think about that. And now that I've gotten older and I'm not so emotional about everything, like, like when you're younger, you're just emotional about everything, everything, right. hurts your but then you start to grow some tough skin. And I, you know, but I will say it, it, you were, I was kind of thrown into, you know, I went from this huge show on the voice to, 
being getting ready in you know um gas station bathrooms to go to radio show, radio stations like it was no like beautiful experience no we were in a van like up every day like i the year that we promoted god made girls i was gone i think 270 dates that year like right. i was not home and so my poor dog i had to send my dog back to baytown because i was never home and so um but yeah it's it was it was a crazy experience for sure and you talk about a thick skin and having to have grow into that thick skin now, I believe it was starting in 2016, you started to sort of make shifts in your labels and you jumped from a couple of labels to label. And so what was, is that process like? Does that make you develop a thick skin when you're going through the business of country music? Oh, for sure. I, you know, it's funny because when you sign to your label, you think you're going to be there forever. You think, oh, this is my home forever. But a label is just, in my opinion, a promotion tool for, for the projects that you want to release and for your artistry. And if you stay there 10 years, kudos to you. If you stay there three years, kudos to you. If you stay there one year for one single and you get success in that. That's what you should do. And I think after my first label, I started really just seeing it more as this is my business they're going to focus on this record. And, you know, if it works great and if it doesn't, we'll figure it out. I wasn't so, like I said, I developed that thick skin and I wasn't so gun ho about this is my forever home. And I mean, I, if it was, that'd have been awesome, but I didn't like, I went to it into it kind of, you know, just more of my eyes open. I think with more of a mature standpoint of like, if, it's not going to be the end all be all if this doesn't work. You know what I mean? Because there is so many other options. And also too, like it, everybody's trying to run a business and have success. That's what everybody's trying to do. And if it works out, that's great. And if it doesn't, that's great. You just got to take every, like I said, every part of your journey and make sure you're going to the next level and it's a stepping stone. And so like when I think about big machine and everything that they did for me and signing me and Scott Bruschetta and all the incredible, you know, points that he instilled in me. I mean, there's things that he said to me that I still, you know, take to heart and has been a forever impact on my artistry. And then, you know, I go over to Warner and, you know, I had an incredible team over there with Espo and that whole team over there is just so incredible. And, um, and then, you know, as I was going into this new album cycle, I was just like, you know, for me, I think something more independent is, is what I want. I want to see what my fans have to say. I want to see what my fans can do. Right. And, and that has been honestly the most telling thing. And I wanted to talk about your sort of time with BK and Tyler of FGL, because right now you're with round here records with, which is owned by them. And I found it interesting, your journey, because you first met in 2012 when you sang at Talladega, you sang the anthem there. And that was the first time you met. And then you mentioned Big Machine. You signed there. They were with that label. And then when you signed with Warner, you also signed with Tree Vibes, which BK and Tyler were involved with. And now you're with their label. So what have they meant for you along this journey? They've honestly kind of given me I've had a breath of fresh air in the sense of I can finally write a song and know that it has a shot of making it and not having to go through 
everything. Does that make sense? Like yeah, for sure. When I write a song I'm super passionate about, I know that I know they're going to give me their opinion on it, which I want them to do. But at the end of the day, I get to choose what comes out. And I mean, I've always had a voice, but I haven't had a voice like this. And so that's really cool. And I think that there's something to be said about a label that's run by artists because they know what the daily grinds like. They know what it's like to have to fight for, you know, putting out the music you want to put out. They know what it's like to build a brand. They know what it's like to be on the road. You know, Tyler knows what it's like to now to be a parent. And I'm having to juggle being a parent as well as being an artist. They know what it's like. And all of that going into it, they they take that to heart when they're listening to songs and listening to, you know, what I put together as my record. And so that part has been honestly the most special thing. And two, I think those guys are some of the most talented songwriters in Nashville. And they've put me in rooms that I've been promised by other people to be put in. They've they've done it and they've, you know, put their money where their mouth is. And so and vice versa, whatever they said they were going to do, they did it. And that's important to me. And with that writing, I was going to ask you about that because you have a lot of different writers on this new album. And so I wanted to ask what that means to bring so many people into the creative process and the creation of an album, rather than just working with necessarily a core group of people, but being able to work with a wide range of people in creating this music. I think one thing that the wide range shows my fans is that the common denominator is me. I feel like in some ways I've gotten kind of lost in the shuffle of like, oh, is that really Ray's voice or is that so-and-so's voice? Or is that really Ray's really good songwriting or is that so-and-so's really good songwriting? And for me, the reason why I like to collaborate with a lot of different people is I want to keep showing Nashville that I am the voice behind most of these songs. Like actually all of them, like they're my ideas. Not all of them are my ideas. Like I don't come in with a title, but my imprint on the song is my imprint. And so I will never take full credit for some of these songs, but a lot of the, but I am an incredible songwriter. And I feel like sometimes you, you don't know that. Like I'm always like, and I do the same thing. Like when an artist says they wrote the song, I'm like, well, did they really write it? Or was that that person that wrote in their names on it? Cause it's like, and that, and that is the case in some, with some artists, but that, that is one thing that I feel like this record is showing people. They're like, Oh, this record has a, has a common denominator about it. Like it all flows together, but there's so many different songwriters that common denominator is my voice and my songwriting. And so that's one thing that I'm really proud of. And also too, I feel like we never stop. We stop growing if we don't expand ourselves. And I wanted to work with pop writers. I wanted to work with country writers. I wanted to write with anybody that is a great songwriter. I don't care what your genre is. I just want to write with you because that's when we continue to grow and I want to continue to grow. There's so much that I learned about songwriting on this record from different songwriters and different songwriters that I've never even heard of. Like one songwriter that I met over COVID, I never actually got to finally hang out with him a couple months ago. Was was a co-writer named, was my writer named Drew Kennedy. I wrote Made for Me to Love with him and um, me about, no, not me about me, uh, Small Town Prayer. And we met over Zoom and he is one of the best songwriters I've ever met in Nashville. And he doesn't know he doesn't live in Nashville. He lives in Austin. And so I, if, if it wasn't for, cause I would have never written on Zoom before COVID. And if I would have never 
like written on Zoom, I would have never gotten to write with him. And he's ended up being one of my favorite people to write with. And so it's just like relationships like that. And this honestly, this time at home has has brought out a lot of, you know, incredible ideas. And I think just having to sit with what does this all mean to me without traveling and seeing fans? And that was a big that was a big part of it, too. And working with Corey Crowder to produce the record, you had worked with him in the past. How important was it to work with someone who you had a relationship with in the fact that you knew what you wanted your music to be? And so I imagine having that collaborative process during the production was a big thing for you. It was. I love the fact that with Corey, I feel really heard and he doesn't make me feel, and I'm not saying other, you know, um, producers have made me feel less than, but I feel when I say, okay, I don't know what this sound is, but it sounds like ding, ding, ding. Like, can we do something like that? Like, like I say it in my weird way because I'm not a producer. He gets it and he's like, oh, I hear what you're saying. And even if he doesn't get it, he makes me feel like he gets it, which is important. Um, but he's just, he understands what I need for right now with my artistry. And, and he is again, that, that common denominator thread between all the music to make it sound cohesive, but different. Um, and I, I mean, honestly, what speaks volumes about Corey Crowder is the fact that he produces so many different people and they all sound unique to themselves. And that's the, that is the key to an incredible producer is when they all, every artist sounds unique. Um, and so he's really helped me figure my sound out with, with Baytown. And one last thing I wanted to talk to you about at the beginning or middle of 2021, you had a six week residency at Old Red. And I wanted to ask about how important that was for you in sharing your new music and just being able to get on stage before the birth of your daughter and just having that time to release that energy and just have that experience before becoming a new mom. Honestly, my time at the residency made me feel like superwoman and, and I've, I've done incredible like performances. I've gotten to perform at stagecoach. I've gotten to perform at, I mean, on at Royal Albert hall, I've gotten to do so many bucket list places, but playing, you know, pregnant, fully pregnant at, in downtown hearing fans sing back to me, after not getting to play in 2021 or 2020 yeah, was the best experience that I needed. And I needed that boost of con- like, honestly, I was telling this to my manager after the first night of the residency, I said, this is what I needed because if I would have gone <clears throat> all year without performing pregnant or without performing since 2020 and like, just like if my first performance would have been in 2022 after maternity leave and all that, I think I'd be nervous to perform, but it gave me that confidence of like, oh, I still want this and I still got it. Like, that's what I, and I needed that because I feel like a lot of us kind of got stuck in our head is like, am I going to be like weird on stage? Like, Mm -hmm. what am I going to say? Like, I don't know. And so it really did give me that confidence. And, and now I know I can do it pregnant. So now I know how far I can go with my next, you know, pregnancy. I, I worked up until 37 and a half weeks pregnant. I was crazy. Thank you once again so much for listening and thank you to Ray Lynn for stopping by and sharing her story. Be sure to check out her new album, Baytown, wherever you stream your music. 
please also be sure to like, share, follow, subscribe to us wherever you are listening. Leave us a review, a rating, tell your friends, your family, your neighbors to come on over and have a listen. And also, please be sure to join us every week for new and exciting episodes with your favorite country music artists. Thanks once again for listening, and we'll see you next time on Country Music Made Me. Mm-hmm.